Good morning, everybody, or probably good afternoon for a lot of people, but uh, welcome to a DSD live stream. It's been a while since uh, I've been able to do anything. Lots been going on. <clears throat> been seeing some topics that I wanted to hit recently. Thought I would just jump on here live to do that. But before I do that, let me jump into the normal spill. Welcome to Break the Cycle with DSD. I am your host, Wayne. I am not a therapist, nor am I an attorney. I am an individual much like you who has gone through a rough experience and uh, had to come up with some tips and techniques that uh, helped me get my life back that I share with you to help you get your life back, to minimize the damage of a toxic ex and uh, undo, undo the effects it has on your kids, or at least try to minimize it. Remember, only a licensed professional can diagnose somebody with a personality disorder. Obviously, learn about what disorders are, learn about the patterns of behavior, focus on that. But do not go around telling everybody that you've diagnosed your ex with a mental illness or a personality disorder because it won't, it won't help you. It will hurt your credibility in the long term and not help you achieve your goals. So be careful of that. Uh, oh, and just to throw it out there, do not go and tell your ex that you figured them out. You know that they're NPD or BPD or, or whatever the thing is. Use that knowledge for yourself to help you deal with the situation, but don't expose them because inevitably what they do is they run out, they find out a bunch of information, and then they start flipping the script to blame you for being the toxic ex. If you like what's going on here and you want to support it and help me stay afloat, <laughs> become a channel member. You can, And when you do that, you get special badges, custom emojis, your name's listed in the credits, which I forgot to check again before I hit live, so that's probably still busted. Member-only event and access to the member-only Discord. And on the member-only Discord thing, I, I share a lot of, not private stuff, but stuff I'm not going to put out to the general uh, community. So it's a, it's a way to get an extra little behind-the-scenes information. If you want to get a text notification of when I go live, text DSD Live to 844-598-0012, and you will get, as those people who have signed up, a text notification of when I'm doing stuff like this. So you bypass the YouTube stuff and you and you and you don't miss a thing. <clears throat> I might actually turn this on today, but uh, we'll check and see how that goes. I'll put this slide up later whenever we get into it, but. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Welcome to a Saturday, September 12th. <sighs> I've been uh, a little under the weather, had a little COVID scare. I shouldn't say that because now I'll probably get, you know, flagged by the YouTube engine, but um, did the test anything. And fortunately, I'm, I'm negative, but uh, had a lot of the symptoms of it. I think I'm, I think it's just a bad uh, sinus infection, but uh been an interesting experience nonetheless. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So anyways, let me just check and see who all we got here. We got a couple people here already. I want to say thank you to Late Update for becoming a member. Uh, thanks so much for that. Let's see. I, can, I think I can do this. It says Late Update just became a member. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the support. Old Shawnee Road. Oh, man, I hate Old Shawnee Road. I haven't seen you around in a while. The last time I think we were chatting, you were on vacation and we just missed each other in the Pacific Northwest before it was on fire. So, oh look, Debbie's on. Moderator Debbie, that would be my girlfriend if you guys, for people who don't know. She's in the logged in remote. She might be in the, the comment thing that we have, I'm not entirely sure. 
Since I'm still recovering, I might have to mute every once in a while when I have to cough and stuff. But we'll see how it goes. Eleven Kids is here. Uh, uh, Anders is here. Says hi. Looking forward to the subject. Roy is also here. Linder. All right. So let me. Uh, um, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and start. I'm going to move move this over here. I'm going to go ahead and start the. Uh, excuse me. The 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 dial-in number so that if people do call in we can deal with that anyways oh my gosh feeling like garbage today but better than i did a week ago so that's a positive <laughs> anyways i I've, I've run across a couple of emails and a couple of comments online on facebook so i'm not going to uh to do the facebook thing because it was from a different group but uh, but I think I can talk in general terms on on what it means, or not what it means, but but the the issues at hand. And I'll just say that, and this goes for both men and women. And, and the message I read on the Facebook group was from was from a woman. But I felt the same thing. I'm sure a lot of you will will go through the same type of thing. And what we're talking about is whenever your relationship ends. The narcissistic toxic ex discards you, replaces you in an instant, or well, it either replaces you or treats you like you never existed. It's like you'll have this long experience of interaction with somebody, and then one day it's like you don't, you, you never, you never even were there, and that'll screw with your head. And then if you add in them doing, you know, you being torpedoed through the family court system and uh, really struggling, it makes it even more difficult whenever they completely forget about you and they're living their life high on the hog and you, know, the, you, you, you think that the next person <clears throat> excuse me, is getting everything that you wanted to get, wanted to get or what you were hoping for in the relationship. So in this particular scenario, a person was saying, been married for 20 years, you know, child just turned 18, you know, everything's in my name, all the bills in this particular situation, the lady was saying, you know, all the bills are in my name. Uh, you know, my, my credit is tied to everything. And the guy just bailed out, found a new, you know, a new younger, faster model and, uh, is basically, Hey, that's your bills. That's your problem. That's your, your, um, situation. Now, this is kind of like the both sides of, of are, are the coin, right? And what I mean is, is that, you know, that's a that's a the one person's view on it, right? So the person left took all the money, while the person still left holding the bag with all the bills, and is trying to figure out what to do, and is going through family court trying to deal whatever. Or you take my situation where, you know, I have the money, but it's all taken, and not all of it, but majority of it, ow, and. Uh, you know, you're sitting there and you're going, holy crap, my whole life has been obliterated. And how in the world do I try to recover? How do I get my life back? How do I turn things around? Part of the problem in this particular situation is you get so wrapped in with what your standard of living was, what your lifestyle was, where you were at that particular moment. And it makes it really hard because... <clears throat> excuse me, you're trying to, 
you know, you have this vision of your future. You have this vision of, of retirement and of your assets and of your, you know, where you're planning to be. And in an instant, it's all gone. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, see, this is where it's really tough because it's hard to, and I hate to use the word or the term let go. I hate it because it's, it, it, you know, people will tell you that, oh, you just got to let it go. You got to let it go. And it's like, well, how do you let it go whenever your whole life has been turned upside down? You feel like the rug's been ripped out from underneath you. You feel like the other party is getting a complete pass and doing whatever they want without, without, uh, without impact, without consequences. And let me just tell you right now, they will have their consequences. It may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, and it may not be in the manner that you wish it would be or that you're expecting. But I'm just telling you, people like this, their life is a train wreck and they will continue to live the life of a train wreck and it, will ca- and it is catching up to them. You can look at it and, and they can be you know, living the high life and you're thinking that there's no consequences. But at the end of the day, these people, when, they are, when they're by themselves in their head, are battling demons that they cannot escape. Well, technically they could if they really wanted to, but they're so, affair, they're so afraid, they're so fearful that they refuse to do it, which means that they li- they're going to live in this perpetual cycle of chaos, of abuse, giving abuse and receiving abuse, and it's just a nightmare. Ultimately, for all you listening to this right now, you're going to escape that. You're going to heal from this. You're going to rebate. I talked about, I talk about this a lot in my older videos. You're going to rebaseline your life. You're going to hit the reset button and you're going to be able to get away from it. May not feel like it today. Right now it may feel like, holy crap, my whole life is ruined. You can feel like you're in in a spiral of despair, which you probably are because I know I was. And you feel like nothing will ever get better. (laughs) Gloria says, who are these people? I think you're, hopefully you're making a reference to Tropic Thunder because that was, I think that's what you're doing, I hope. Oh my God. Yeah, Count Dracula says, these people live in constant chaos. They do, and they draw chaos to themselves, and there's no way for them to break free from it. Okay, in my older videos, I've talked a lot about, excuse me, re-baselining your life. And what that means is taking a step back, taking a breath, realizing that you know the reset button has been hit on your life and that you have to start over. Now, you can look at that two different ways. One, you could be really angry. And there was a period of time where I was that, where you're, you're looking at it and you're going, you know, I've lost everything. I'm starting over from scratch. I'm right where I was. You know, I'm, I'm worse off than I was when I was 18 or whatever the case might be. And you can focus on that aspect of it and it'll just, it'll just ruminate and stir in your head and it'll just keep going and going and going. 
and you won't break free from their grasp. It's like a really insidious trap where they pull the rug out from underneath you, you're left scrambling, and you, you're left with really two choices. You can stay angry and bitter and frustrated, and you have every right to feel the, all those feelings. They're all valid feelings. I'm not saying that they're not. And <clears throat> I think for the most part, everybody is going to go through that. It's just varying, varying degrees of time that you stay there. Now, for me, it took a lot of time. It took about two and a half years for me to finally make my peace with this to, in effect, let go of that and start moving on. Now, I'll tell you, even at that period of time, it wasn't one of those things where it's like I woke up one day and it was like super easy. It was still tough. You know, there were times, especially whenever money would be really tight, and I would look at it and I would, you know, I mean, I'd run into a period of time where it's like, oh crap, I don't have enough money to pay my rent. I don't have enough money to put, you know, gas in my car. I don't have any credit, so I can't borrow any money. And it makes it really, it it drives all those emotions and everything right back to the top because it's like, damn it, you know, this person has done this to me. This person has created this, this scenario, this scenario. And excuse me, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to take a breath and say, okay, you know what? I'm in this scenario. This is my life and I have to get through it. And that, and that was part of the discussion that was going on, <clears throat> excuse me, during the, uh, not during the thing, but, but on that, that Facebook thread where the person was asking, you know, well, what do I do? You know, how do I deal with this? Hold on, I got to turn my do not disturb on. And there was one person who, who made a comment and they said, you know, similar scenario and, uh, you know, person got left with everything and they, they fought with their ex. It was, a, it was an, actually, it was another woman who basically they were in a partnership with, uh, with their, their ex, but they were the one who made the money. The other person was the one who had all the bills and, and owned all the equipment, but he ended up taking, you know, didn't, didn't give any of the money, you know, didn't help with the bills took the equipment and the person fought with their ex for, for years to get all the equipment back and stuff. And, and at the end of it, the recommendation was, you know, I should have looking at it now, I should have just let all the equipment go, let it get, you know, let it get repossessed and just hit reset on my life earlier. I don't know if she said reset, but, but it was one of those things where a lot of times on the other end of this, someone will realize that you know, you look back and you realize that, okay, I should have done things a little differently. You know, it would have been, am I, and I'll, look, I'll say this. In my situation, had I, had I been able to wrap my head around this concept three or four years, you know, th- like the first year in, the first six months in, my life would have been so much better. I would have hit, the, I would have turned the corner so much faster. And instead of taking nine years to start getting to where I'm starting to dig myself out of this financial hole, Part of it was created by the divorce. Part of it was created by my mistakes and my decisions. A lot of those decisions, a lot of those decisions were based off of uh, trying to just, you know, me taking my finger and trying to poke, you know, boop, poke the X in the eye, which never works, guys. Anytime you try to try to do that, play play the narcissist game, 
they're masters at it. We're amateurs. And that typically means that we're not going to do very well on it. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, I mean, the point of this particular discussion or talk is to just try to remind you to take a breath, look at your situation anew. Let me see if I can pull this up. If you, if you, um, if you go to my main channel page, the main uh, DSD YouTube page, you scroll down. The first playlist is this mindset for uh, mindset for narcissistic abuse recovery. And I tell you, these two, the second video, the second and third videos, the absolute thinking for recovery and the black hole thinking is incredibly important because the sooner you can realize that whatever your ex is doing, doesn't matter if they're living the high life, if they're going to the Bahamas with their new, with their new friend and spending a ton of money and letting you drown and taking the kids when they're with them to lavish vacations or buying them all kinds of stuff whenever you can barely afford top ramen, you'll drive yourself crazy thinking about it. Absolute thinking for recovery is a video and a topic which helps you wrap your, which helps answer the question of why. Because a lot of times you get caught up in this mode to where you're like, why? Why is this happening? I wasn't that bad of a person. You know, I didn't do anything horrible. I was, you know, I was a good provider. I was a good mother. I was a good father, whatever the situation is. And you're sitting there going, you know, the actions that this other person is doing has no, is, is not congruent with what happened. I, and I struggled with that a lot. I'm like, what the hell is going on? You would expect that the way I'm, you know, the way the ex is acting toward me, that I must be an axe murderer. And I'm sure a lot of you are feeling that same, that same thing. The, let me see, let me pull this back up. So the black hole thinking is really important because you just start focusing on your life. You, you don't want to hear what, you know, it, it, their life is a black hole. You don't care what's going on. You don't see it. You don't look for it. If you have people sharing screenshots from Facebook, Unless if you're in a situation to where you're in, um, in court and you want to try to use it as evidence, ask them not to do that. You don't need that extra hassle. You don't need that extra reminder. I got caught up in that trap myself. I was looking for information and I was, I was convinced that I needed to know. I needed to know what was going on. And I needed to have a to set the best defense forward but all it did is it kept me it kept me in the cone of chaos it kept me stressed and made things harder for me so anyways i know i've been blabbing on I, let me uh let me see what's going on here in the comments <clears throat> okay let me see if i can find this the comments are going not super. Oh, you know what? First thing I'm going to do is I want to say thank you so much to, let me go back over here first to iTumblers for the super chat. Uh, it says, thanks for all the, thanks for all of your work, Dwayne, with all the chaos we deal with X and family law. It's good for us to know there are still good people like yourself in this world. Thanks for helping us survive. Oh, thanks so much. iTumblers. I appreciate that, man. That is, I, thanks. I appreciate that. Okay, let me see if I can find this comment or this question from AK. Or it says, 
Uh, DST, I'm now able to afford to buy a home instead of renting, but worried that it might make X crazy. Uh, alimony ends in four years and child support in nine. Should I buy or wait? I don't have to buy. Okay, it's a good question. And here's the thing. It's, it's, there's two parts to this, right? You don't necessarily want to do anything to jab your finger in the ex's eye and provoke them, especially if you have nine years left. However, you have to do what's right for you, right? Now, here's the thing. You know, unless you think your ex is smart enough to, to look up, you know, look up where you're moving and all that kind of stuff. If I, okay, let me back up. If I was in your situation, AK, this is what I would do. And I was really worried about it. I would buy the house, but not tell anybody and pretend I was renting it when I moved in. There you go. You know, all you did was move. You're in a different place. And don't, you know, don't go around and telling your kids that you're, what, so you got nine years of support. So that's uh, doing the math. What is that? No, no, I was that. I'm going the wrong way. That would be nine years old. I wouldn't go around telling the nine-year-old, hey, we're buying a brand, you know, look at the new house we're going to buy, and this is what we're thinking of getting, and isn't it great, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Why do that? Just say, hey, I'm, you know, I mean, if there's a for sale sign, I wouldn't bring it up. I would not even bring it up until you're moving in and say, hey, we're moving. You know, this is our new place. We gave notice. We like this new place. This is where we're going to move, and this will be our new house. A little bit bigger, a little bit, you know, actually, I wouldn't even bring that up. I would just say, this is what it is, and uh, that's, what I, that's how I would deal with it. I wouldn't recommend going around rubbing it in, you know, oh, I bought a new house and, and telling everybody and uh, trying to, 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 to provoke, for lack of a better word, DX. But here's the deal. They're going to do whatever they're going to do anyways. Again, this house I'm in right now, I rented. When I first looked at it, I, and I was kind of in the same mode, I'm like, oh, crap. If I rent this house, the ex is going to be pissed. It's a nicer house. It's newer. It's got four bedrooms instead of three. I live in a rural area. So at the time, this cost me like $9.50 a month. And then the guy lowered it to $8.50 for whenever the government shutdowns were going on. It's really, this family who's, who's rent, had this house has really taken care of me. Anyways, my point is there was a period of time where I was like, oh, crap, man, I shouldn't, I shouldn't live here because... You know, it's going to make her mad. Um, I probably should find something more equivalent to what she has so that uh, I don't anger her. Fortunately, in my situation, shortly after that, when I was trying to make that decision, she took her bony little finger and went boop right in my eye. And I'm like, oh, F her. I'm going to do whatever I want and what's right for me. And ultimately, that's what we have to do. Uh, they're going to they're gonna freak out and create problems no matter what. You don't be stupid about it. But at the same time, don't, you know, don't not do things because of that. So does that, you have to let me know if that made sense, AK. Let's see here. And I apologize. There was actually a caller on the line. Uh, if you're still listening, if you call back, I will, I'll try to answer that. Um, I just was going through the original topic and I wanted to hit that question and then you dropped. So I'm going to do one thing. Well, test one, two. Just making sure to see if it was uh, if it was on. Okay. Oh, you know what? I want to see if I can find this. <clears throat> Excuse me. I apologize for clearing my throat. That's having that little issue. Let's see here. 
Mike S. says, my ex tries to alienate me from my son, but he sees right through it, thankfully. Guys, this really is, his, Mike's comment right here is a simple truth of this. The problem is a lot of times we see our exes starting to alienate our kids and we freak out. And we start, we're like, oh my God, I have to fight this because this is happening. I see it happening and I don't want to lose my kid. So you aggressively start fighting, fighting, trying to convince your child of what's going on. The reality is doing that makes it worse and makes a kid question more. If you calm down and just treat the kid the best you can and try to create a loving, safe, chaos-free environment, they'll see right through it. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to come to you and say, Dad or Mom, you know, the other parent is blah, 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 blah. Eh, it's probably not going to happen. And you probably really don't necessarily want that to happen. A lot of times if that happens, they're doing it because they think that's what you want to hear and they're trying to make you happy. Uh, and that's, I think, a lot of how this happens is when a toxic parent is trying to create this animosity and alienation, the kid will then, the child will then say to, you know, it's like they'll go to the other parent, come back, oh, you know, so-and-so didn't know how to, you know, it was no fun or, you know, maybe they had a great time. Maybe you guys, it was super awesome. You guys had the most wonderful time ever. But then you hear that they're telling the other parent that it wasn't that great, but they're telling the person what they want to hear because they don't want to hear that they had a great time. They don't want to hear that, you know, you guys are doing well. So anyways, hopefully that makes sense. Let me see if I can find this other one that Mike said that moderator Debbie posted. Yeah, here it is. It says, my ex is still focused on the drama she creates through the family court. I'm hopeful it's final, but I wonder how she's going to replace the drama and supply. That's a great question, Mike. And this is tip, and I hate to say this, but this is typically what happens. You start out and the ex starts poking you in the eye in every way that they can. Then they start doing it through the family court system because it empowers them and it gives them even more, more control and power because typically in the beginning, a toxic narcissistic person, man or woman, doesn't matter which, seems to have a unique ability to manipulate the family court system to perpetuate emotional abuse. Then what happens once that is done, and that can take a while. I mean, you said you're coming up on the end of it, but you know, normally for my situation is about a year. Then they pivot to other things. First, they'll just try to poke you in the eye. First, then they'll try to mess with you with the, with, the, with the court order. You know, making changes and modifications. In that situation, I would just say stick with the court order. You know, just it's like, no, we're not going to, no, we're just, I'm fine with the court order. There's no, we don't need to do any adjustments or anything. And I, and I say that as if you've made some compromises and it's blown up in your face. This is the right way you do it. If you make compromises and you guys end up start co-parenting and you can share time and maybe they're a little, you know, they poke you in the eye every once in a while, but everything is relatively calm. Okay, fine. But most of the time, if you're on this channel, well, that's not what's happening. <laughs> Pardon. Sorry about that. So that's where you just kind of have to gauge your situation and adjust from there. The problem is, is, once you get to that point, they're like, ah, crap, I can't directly attack Bill or in your situation, Mike, what can I do now? 
Well, the next thing that they can do is they start messing with the kids. They start doing things that little Timmy is going to come over and say, like in your situation, Dad, Mom did this, and you're going to be so irritated that it's going to push you to try to reach out to that person to say, hey, what the hell are you doing? The problem is, as Mike just, oh, Debbie deleted it. So let me see if I can scroll back up so I can see what you said. Uh, so that is how they're trying to replace the drama. So trying to get you to re-engage with them, and they'll do that through the kids. I mean, Christ, it's been nine years in my situation. The ex still plays stupid games like that. And it's frustrating. And every once in a while, I haven't done it in a while, but every once in a while, I'll take the bait. And I will uh, um, engage, which is generally a colossal mistake. And she gets her little dose of drama, narcissistic supply, and chaos. Okay, uh, let's see here. I am going to go like this. And I'll pull this up. So I, I do have the phone lines on. So if anybody would like to try to call, uh, it's 1-424-373-5483. 1-424-373-5483. If you are from outside the United States, there is a web interface. You can scroll down in the drama on that. If you do call, just try to make it quick so we don't stay on the phone a long time. And we'll go from there. Let me see what else moderator Debbie has tagged for me. Oh, if you guys want to get a hold of me in the comments, best way to do that is to do at DSD. So if you're, if, uh, sorry, that way it'll tag it and it'll make me easier to search. If you have a question, put question in there and I can search on that. Plus I have a moderator who is watching the comments. All right, let me see if I can find this one. Certified. Oh, I'm sorry. I think I just coughed in their thing. Certified Hustler says, honest question. I've been called a narcissist and I've been called a narcissist. I don't even realize it sometimes. Explain to me what that, whoops, it is even, what is, even is, what it even, oh my God, sorry. My brain season up there. Okay. Well, your best thing is just do a search on what narcissistic personality disorder is. That's what they're trying. Okay. Let me back up. There's two things. There's a narcissist which is a self-absorbed, uh, self-centered person who only thinks of themselves. Everybody has narcissistic traits, right? So you can throw around and call everyone a narcissist because fundamentally, you know, if you're, try if you're driving along and you need gas and you're like, oh crap, I need to put gas in my car, you know, and you're focused on that and that's what your single focus is, well, then you're kind of being narcissistic. But is that healthy in that situation? Yeah because it's not hurting anything. When it turns into a thing where it turns into an issue where it's affecting negatively affecting your life and people around you, that's when it starts rolling into like the personality disorder area and you know the problem associated with that. So certified hustler, definitely do a search on uh, NPD. And honestly, what I'll tell you, let's see, could you say, my wife has called me that before, uh, how do I know if I'm a narcissist is what the other question you had asked. Okay, if you're really concerned about it, what you can do is you could go seek a therapist 
and work with them and say, hey, look, I'm trying to make my life better. These are the things. And they could work with you on it if you need, if you want that type of, of uh, interaction. The other thing you could do is do a tremendous amount of research on am I a narcissist? I have even videos on that. And look at the look at what people are saying and say and see if you fall in that category. Here, here's the reality. Somebody who has narcissistic personality disorder doesn't think they have a problem, isn't worried about it, and thinks everyone else is the issue and not them. My guess is, you know, maybe your maybe your you said wife, maybe your wife is fits that category. It's often where oftentimes that's what'll happen is, is they'll project that onto other people. It's also a shaming tactic to to control people, right? So it's you are worried about it, certified hustler. You're concerned. You've this this accusation has been made about you. You're like, oh my God, I don't want to be this. I want to be a good person. How do I be a better person? And you're looking into it. And so they'll use it to like, oh, well, you're a narcissist because you stood up for, for yourself. For instance, I will say this, and I see the caller on um and I'll jump on and I'll grab you here in a moment. Let me just finish this thought. You know, what I was going to say is there was a period of time in my situation whenever I'm like, you know what, I'm putting up boundaries. I'm tired of this. I have to make changes. And, you know, I'm, I'm finally, I'm finally saying, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to accept this anymore. The story that got spun out of it is that she was now standing up for herself. I couldn't handle it because I was a male chauvinistic scumbag. And it blew my mind. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? I'm finally saying no to things. And now you're saying I'm abusive because I'm tired of the abuse. And it makes your mind go crazy. So on that, let me see if I can uh, make this work. And this might be even the person who's, who uh, I'm answering. So let me hit. Hello and welcome to the show. Thanks, buddy. How are you today? Hey, it worked. I wasn't sure if it was going to work. I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. This is Certified Hustler out of St. Louis. You know, I figured I was, I looked at your comment. I'm thinking, you know, this might be the person I'm talking about. So did you hear what I was saying? I did. I'm just, I'm searching for help, right? So when she goes to work and or like to the store, I get on YouTube and look this stuff up because I want to be as smart as her sometimes, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and so it's just weird. Like I have to feel like I'm on the same playing level. So if we ever get into an argument or something like if I, I work two jobs, I own a business and I work a real job actually. And so I work a lot. She's a, she has a master's degree. She's very professional, but if I say something to the fact like, Hey, why don't you, um, I cook dinner every night. I also, this is me talking. And I also make breakfast for the child every morning, every morning. And I also take my child to school and take my child up every day. Okay. I'm not complaining about that. That's what parents do. But remember, I do this every day and I work when I get home. I better have dinner ready by five thirty when she comes through that door. <laughs> and if I didn't clean something, which my house is already super clean, but if it looks out of place, she says, why didn't you pick up anything? Wow. And then that starts the argument. Like, are you kidding me? I worked all day and she laughs because I do eBay. I do 12,000 or more a month on eBay. And she says, that's not a real job. Sounds like a real job to me. <clears throat> it's a lot of work if you know eBay. Oh yeah, no, I do. I got stuff. And it just yeah. goes into that. And she uses these big, big words against me that I have no idea. And I'm from North St. Louis. If you know anything about that, man, it's the most dangerous city in America. So I, 
I grew up with a bunch of stress and I guess I had PTSD from being in the inner city. Yeah. I've lost a bunch of friends to the streets and stuff like that. So I'm not as educated as her, but she decided to marry me. We've been together 19 years, but it's just an everyday fight. And she, I don't drink, but she drinks every night. And that's a problem. Stays up till midnight, has to be up at six in the morning to go to work. And so that along with why am I a narcissist with her drinking? I think that's really the problem. Yeah. And I'm just so confused. I'm searching for answers. Yeah, I tell you, man, I mean, everything you're saying sounds very stereotypical. Um, what I would highly recommend you do, like it sounds like you're already doing because you found my channel, but look at, I mean, you know, don't just listen to me. Look at, uh, you know, do search searches of am I the narcissist? There's a bunch of people who've made videos on that. Some are peer support like mine. Others are, will be uh, uh, actual doctors. And, you know, look at that information. And my guess is, I mean, just listen to what you're saying. As you start looking in that, you're going to be like, wait a minute, you know, I don't fit the criteria of this, but there's somebody in the house who does. And when you have that, do not go and start attacking her saying, hey, I've done all this research and it's you because, you know, you have a, a master's degree in psychology person in the house who knows how to use the big terms. I would imagine somebody like that, because I've dealt with people like this in the past, are very good arguers, right? I mean, I'm sure I would imagine that in your situation with your wife, you've been in, you know, when you try to argue with her, she's able to immediately take what you say, flip it around and start beating you with it. And you're like, what the hell just happened? Am I right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely on point. So what I would do exactly, man, I sit there for yep. hours and think about what happened. I, I dissect the conversation to figure like, what did I do or say? I'm so confused. Yeah, it's gaslighting. And so here, here's the thing. What I, this is what I would recommend you do, okay? You're starting your education on this, which is outstanding. Continue that, but keep it to yourself. Don't, you know, don't, I, I was going to even recommend ordering some books. If you buy some, you know, like a psychopathic free walking on eggshells. Um, I can't remember who the authors of those books are, but uh, they're going to, uh, yeah, go ahead. Anyways, those will no. I'll say those will, will will give you more information. And my gut feeling is, is as you start going through that, you're going to be like, "Holy crap!" And you're going to have this epiphany. You're going to have this epiphany that you're not the you know you're not this person. Then you're going to realize, "Holy crap!" Like you just you're already hinting at it. You're already your. I mean, you you just said a minute ago that you've recognized that you have PTSD. It's probably complex post traumatic post traumatic stress disorder. Uh, the difference is is well. You might have both. PTSD is you've been through a tragic experience, um, you know, you and a, a car you know, like a okay. I'll use the war scenario. You know, you've been in the war. You come I was back twice. Yeah. Okay. I was All right. So then it could be that whenever you hear hear a backfire of a car, you immediately flash back and relive that experience mm -hmm. you had. That's PTSD, right? CPTSD is whenever somebody says something to you, you have no, you have a visceral reaction to it, but you can't place when it happened. Normally that's from a lot of childhood abuse, right? Will there be situations like someone will say something to you and it's triggering a memory that, that you don't even remember from when you were like five years old and that's how, that's the difference. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah, so start researching that. Keep it to yourself. Don't go to her and expose it. Start figuring out what you think she probably is. And probably she has some, some right. 
potentially some form of undiagnosed personality disorder. And somebody who has a degree in psychology who's probably working as a social worker or a therapist or something, you know, has a lot of credibility and clout because... Okay. Oh, God. She works at a prison. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that's uh, that's interesting. But my point is, is yeah, right. then once you understand what you're dealing with, then you can make decisions on what you're going to do, right? Then you can say, hey, look, we need to mm-hmm. do something different. Then you can start working on building your own ba- your own boundaries to where maybe you say, hey, look, you know what? This isn't going to this isn't working. We have to make a change. And you gradually try to do that if you want to try to save the relationship. Or maybe ultimately you just look at it and go, holy crap, I had all this past childhood trauma, which you have. She was able, you know, you you guys met, you guys obviously melded together at the beginning, you felt comfortable with her. And, uh, you know, now you're in this situation and you have to decide, are you going to try to save the relationship? Are you going to try to get out of it? I mean, if you look online, everyone's going to tell you to run to the hills, right? And... I'm not going to say that to you because you got eight, what did you say? 18 years or 20 year relationship. You got kids with this person, you know, to to go from, you know, I'm in this relationship. I want to make it work to, you know, no, I'm a narcissist can do that. Right. I mean, if very potentially when your wife realizes that she's lost control of you, it'll be over anyways. Right. Mm -hmm. And what'll typically happen in that situation is you'll have a conversation one day where you're both basically saying you you know you're invested in the relationship, and the second that she realizes that she's lost being able to manipulate and control you, it's over, and it'll hit you like a ton of bricks because it's it's bizarre. I've talked to hundreds of people who've had that type of scenario, so that would be and that's that would be my recommendation for you on this. I know you probably feel like you're you're going crazy and you're realizing you're not crazy at the same time, would be my guess. Right. Can I ask you one more thing and I'll leave it alone? I'll listen to the rest of the show. Yeah, go ahead. Is that okay? Yeah, okay. go ahead. Yeah, so go ahead. I am still with her. We, we have a nine-year-old daughter and I told you this lady drinks and everything like that. I have to wake, I don't have to wake up until like an hour after she does if I want to get my kid up and take her to school. I get up 30 minutes before she does to make sure she gets up for her job, right? So I'm scared that if I leave, the kids, she's going to lose the, the nice house, the job, her career. The kid's going to have to move in with the grandma or something like that. and Or me, which is great. But, you know, I mean, for a daughter, you want the mom to be around and be right, you know? And so I'm just scared of that. So I think I stay and deal with it because I don't want my daughter to go through it. We have a 20 year old, a 19 year old daughter, you're ready to be 20, but she lives outside the house. But then we started kind of over and that's what I'm dealing with. I really don't want to leave if I'm going to until after the kid. Does that make sense? It, it does. And, but the questions you have to ask yourself is one, can you, can you survive another nine years in, in this type of relationship? You know, if the answer is yes, right. Fine. Right. But here's the caveat, and right. this is the thing that you need, you're going to have to do. With, and I get it, right? I understand what you're saying. You guys stay together. You both make, you know, you know, she's she's a professional. I mean, you're a professional. I mean, you're making over a hundred grand a year. I don't care if it's eBay or whatever. You're doing a phenomenal job on that, right? I mean, so you guys have a decent amount of income. Thank you. You know, so I can see you being worried about it. But here's the problem that I see right. with kids on this. 
if you stay and you don't use the next nine years to try to demonstrate to your child what a part, what is good behavior and what is bad behavior, there is a high probability that she, when she becomes an adult, she's either going to become you in her relationship or she's going to become her mom. In other words, she'll do the same thing that her mom's doing to you or she'll turn in and be the person, you know, the, the, the fixer person that you are. And then you have to, to ask yourself, can you fix, can you do something to, to try to mitigate that? Typically that's really hard in the house. Maybe not, but do you understand what I'm saying? I do. I really do. How do you help it not rub off to the nine-year-old? How do you help? Cause it is kind of like certain things. My, my nine-year-old thinks she could say stuff to me that her mother does. Oh yeah, that's bad. Okay. Um, and, and actually I was going to say it's modeling behavior and act and what you're described is model behavior. She's seeing that the, you know, the mom of the house, the other parent can treat the other parent like that. And absolutely kids will absolutely test. And I had, I, I had the same thing. I mean, I'll tell you when I first moved out, I had a come to, you know, come to Jesus meeting with my kids one day, whenever they were basically lecturing me in my own house, the way their mom would. And I had to have a nice, friendly conversation. Absolutely. <laughs> I had to have a nice, friendly conversation, which wasn't nice and it wasn't friendly, expressing to them that that ain't going to happen I hear anymore. That. But it's hard. But see, the problem is, yes, is, is it's, it's hard when it's in your house, right? So you can turn around. I mean, so what do you do? You tell your <laughs> nine-year-old, hey, it's not acceptable. Right. And there's, a, there's probably a 75% chance that the mom in your situation, you know, your, your other half in this situation isn't going to back you up, isn't going to say, hey, little Susie, you cannot talk to your dad like that. Oh, I talk to your dad like that, but you can't. I mean, you know, so that. Absolutely. And see, that's the thing. So so here's the other. See, it's it's such a tough thing, right? I mean, again, most people will tell you if you go online right now and you shared your story, everyone's going to tell you punch out, get out of it, you know, do, you know, whatever. What I would say is you're heading towards that d d decision. You don't want to do it. So try to make changes and in your own mind, pick, pick lines in the sand, pick, pick things that are deal breakers and say, okay, this is my boundary. I'm going to give some time to see if we can reestablish it. But if things don't change, I cannot stay in this situation. In my mind, Hopefully, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. My kids are 20, what, 22, 20, and uh, 16. Hopefully, my kids are going to be able to look at relationships and be able to have a healthy example of it on what's healthy and what's not. The problem is, is for kids who go through this, and maybe, you know, and maybe you're even in this situation. I know I was. Maybe your parents were, were broke up or whatever. But a lot of times, people, children, when they go into adulthood, in the back of their mind, that is what love is. Conflict and chaos is what a real relationship is. So they're trying to find that. Her parents are divorced. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's just, it's she's a. Like her mom to the team. Yeah. So it's perpetual chaos. You're talking about um, your, your, not ex, your wife, right? Yes, sir. The mom has been divorced from the dad for 17, 18 years. And she's Miss Know-It-All. She's in IT for Washington University. I'm not yeah. going to name her name or nothing like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, please but don't. But she is, uh, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. <clears throat> so, man, I mean, that's the thing. You know, you're going to have, again, keep the information to yourself because otherwise this will blow up quick. Learn everything you can. Start setting up the boundaries and then start deciding what you want your life to be. Look at it and say, okay, 10 years. Do you want to live 
if nothing changes, are you okay living in this environment for another 10 years? You know, if the answer is yes, hey, that's your call, man. No, I'm not. Then, and if it's not, then you have to start changing. That's why I'm calling you, man. Yeah. So. That's why I'm calling you. Well, hopefully that was helpful. If you need more, I do coaching and, or you could send me emails too. How can I do that? I'm going to send you an email because I do need coaching and um, I'm ready, man. Trust me. I do good on my own and I can do bad on my own too. (laughs) Yeah. Just look in the video description. It has all the information for that and I'll send you over to the website and we'll go from there. Alrighty. You're amazing. And we need more people like you on YouTube and not charging us an arm and a killing to listen to this stuff. Thanks, man. Have a good day. All right. So um, they added too many buttons on this. Oh, excuse me. You know, this gives me an opportunity to just pause for a moment and just hit this this topic. And I kind of said it a couple of times in the in the uh, when I was talking with him. It's so easy for people to say you just have to get out. It's so easy for people to say, don't, don't do therapy with a narcissist because they'll try to control it, which is true. I mean, all those things are true. But here's another thing that is also true, is when you're with somebody for an extended period of time, you probably kind of care about them and you probably kind of have, uh, you know, you have time and energy invested in the relationship. Again, it kind of goes with what I was talking about before. You know, you have this idea of what the future how is going to be And uh, you don't want to let go of that. So for me, I understand and I think, and I'm okay with somebody who needs to fight for their relationship. It's, It's easy for someone else to come in and say, you know what, like for me, I can look at Certified Hustler's comments and say, man, you need to punch out. You need to go find a divorce lawyer. You need to start preparing yourself. You don't have to necessarily do it today. You know, I mean, I could say all those things. And there's probably, and and who knows, it's probable, possible that that's exactly where he'll end up. But the reality is, is you just can't get there overnight. It took me 21 years to finally realize that I can't live like this anymore. And even after that, I still struggled with the whole dynamic of the relationship. To be perfectly honest, the only way I was able to, to be okay with trying to, to, to say, okay, I'm done. And in and, and all fairness and disclosure, I'm the one that said, okay, I'm done. I want a divorce. I went over like a lead balloon, by the way, because that wasn't my choice. That was her choice. Um, anyways, whatever. My point is this. I had to fight for the relationship. We went to therapy. We tried things to, or I tried everything to make it work. And when she finally was just, you know, poking me in the eye, telling me what a piece of crap I was and how, you know, maybe it was all me and the actions that she took for the last, you know, 19 years or 20 years of the marriage were all because, you know, it basically was saying if I believe, if I believed exactly what she was saying, and at the time I knew nothing about narcissistic abuse, about MPD, about personality disorders, I knew nothing about it. And I finally said, okay, I'm going to believe you. What you're telling me is honest. And what you're telling me is, is that you didn't give a rat's ass about me six months into the relationship. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm not going to live like this anymore. And that was my segue to, to be able to say, okay, I'm done. And I think it's not realistic to tell people or to not 
recognize that that truth that you you have to get to the point to where you're like okay all the evidence is in front of me i accept it i'm not happy about it but i understand it and i'm going to um deal with it sorry oh man okay let me double check to see if there are any uh any comments or questions there are two other callers i'll grab the next one here uh which is this um uh the i don't even know i don't i don't want to say anything about who it's trying to figure out call the number three <laughs> line three stand by um okay well i'll go ahead and go to this one and hello and welcome to the show hi miami babe here hey haven't talked to you in a while how are th- i mean i know things aren't going great but uh what's going on yeah, so um, we, we're we going back to court, you know, in, in October for um, her contempt. And because she is um, filing for full custody of the two older child, right. uh, the two older children. So, um, and, and, and surprisingly, we went back to court just to file a date for the next court. And our lawyer told the judge, said, listen, judge, um, we came here because she was in contempt prior, and now she's in contempt again. And, um, you know, of your ruling that the kid should be 50-50. And the judge was like, okay, I'll just hear it in October. And completely disregard his own ruling, which was, you know, upsetting in the fact that we thought that he was going to say, well, it should be 50-50 until I hear what they have to say, right? Um, and, and for me, that, that was a loss on its own. And secondly, is that she has now completely alienated the kids from us. And the more we research the parental alienation with, you know, Amy Baker and all of the other ones, um, more heartbreaking it is to hear the abuse that they're going through how unnatural it is for kids to be so against their father or their mother or whatever who's being alienated and um knowing that we are on the other side on the receiving end of the abuse also right losing the opportunity of relationship with our kids Right. And, and, and to make it all matters worse, for some reason, she's not fighting the same for the younger child. The youngest is 11. So she's not fighting to alienate the youngest one. And I don't know if it's because she doesn't have the same weight when it comes to decision making in court. Yep. That's that would be um, my that would be my guess. She's focusing yeah, She's focusing on the ones that are going to have the biggest voice and more than likely what she's thinking is if she can get the two older to say, I want to, I want to live with mom. And this is, I mean, what people who haven't heard your story, I mean, this is all predicated on a move away, right? This is all happening because she wants to move away. And the only way to be able to move away is to have full custody. So that's, that's the play. And I mean, it's unfortunately move away is forced, forced a custody change. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it's uh, and if she can get and, the, and on the yeah, and go on, ahead. on the other side of on the other side of the situation that what makes matter worse of her not including the eleven year old 
on the alienation is that the 11-year-old is the only one who actually talks to us and is the only one who actually comes to us. Right. So when we call to give them, for example, my husband's um, grandparents died. And we, we needed to let them know because we want to see if they want to come with us to the funeral, right? Right. But the only person who actually talked to us was the youngest one, and we asked to talk to the others, and they declined. So she sent a long email telling my husband to stop talking to 11-year-olds like she's the only child. I mean, you were, you're done alienating the other two. We can't get access to them. Well, and you and you and asked, only- and he asked to talk to the other two. So it's not like he was treating. And, and here's the thing. I mean, a person like that is going to gaslight and is going to, they're trying to frame their own narrative, right? And that's what she's doing. And, and you, you know, you could do the complete opposite, but what a narcissistic type person is going to do is describe it as however they think it is. And it drives you crazy because you guys aren't doing that. You're trying to work around it. And then she's putting on paper this story. And that's what's going to end up in court. It's going to be like, well, you know, they, uh, they, you know, the dad doesn't care about the other kids. I mean, that's, it's, it's a, these, these things follow up. Let me back up. Here's the reality of it. Okay. And I'm not sure what your attorney's telling you, but the fight on this is for custody to then move away. Right. And, the reality is, is if she wins that, she's going to get to move away. So you guys got to do everything you can to try to prevent that. Now, the fact that the, the judge would not hear the contempt thing and said, oh, okay, well, I'll just deal with it later uh, because you already have another case is annoying. Um, you know, maybe there's a, you, I would recommend you checking with your attorney if there's a way to appeal that or try to do something different. The answer is probably going to be no, but you at least need to ask the question. And the, the only other thing I would recommend is for you guys to try, or for him at least to try to spend some time with those other, with the older kids. Even if it's just going up him without you to, uh, to go hang out and, you know, go get an ice cream or a coffee or whatever is appropriate with them. And just chat and you know whatever to try to maintain some type of communication because what's happening right now and this is very typical an alienator as you guys you know this maybe people who are listening don't that they systematically screw with the kids head heads they feel that they have to be loyal to the other parent or they at least have to tell the person what they want to hear or or, or exhibit actions that they think that they'll be rewarded because they won't be Uh, in other words to say, well, I don't want to talk to dad. I don't want to see him. You know, um, he's mean and he's, you know, what, you know, basically parroting back with whatever the other parent says because they're just trying to survive it. Now I'll tell you, I mean, I know this from experience when your kids are doing that to you, it freaking hurts like hell because you, you think you take it as a rejection. I mean, it is a rejection, but you take it as a personal rejection that they believe what they're saying. You know what I mean? Oftentimes they don't often, oftentimes they're just playing their part in this stupid game to survive. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. And that's the part that breaks us, break our hearts, right? They are trying to survive. And I think in their heads is like, dad, we know how to play this game. Um, We all fall in line, come back down or she calms down. You're not, you're not falling in place anymore. You're fighting her and we have to live with this. Right. I think that's where the resentment comes from, right? 
Um, but in it, it, the part of that you say, let's go and have some quality time with them, even if, you know, not scheduled or whatever they decide they want to do with dad, that is great. We did once. And then mom just completely sabotaged. Oh, of course. Um, she's trying to get him to agree that the kids are being abused in our homes in order to have therapy once a week. So it's, it's like a lose-lose situation no matter where you turn to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't know not even how to fight this in court. How do we fight? This is abuse. This is abuse with every letter of the word. Honestly, what, what you would have to, w- without a lot of money, right? I mean, you know, obviously, best case scenario, you have hundreds of thousands of dollars to throw at this and you hire experts and you hire, you know, high power attorneys and you just dump money all over the ground. But most people can't do that. I mean, and, and even if you can, right, take take the Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie situation. I mean, they dump millions on the ground you know, he finally, you know, gets 50-50 custody after, what, a couple of years? And now the uh, his ex is trying to uh, get that decertified to still fight it. So, I mean, it, it, anyways, your best approach on this is the patterns of behavior and data points showing problems and then trying to get that in front of a judge. And what you would also probably need to do is make sure your attorney you're working with understands the appellate process and is willing to do it to get the judge to rule on a fact of uh, of law that he incorrectly does so that you can appeal it. You know what I'm saying? It's a long fight. Yeah, it's a long fight. And then when you see your kid <clears throat> aging out, but it's almost like it's a fight you're losing and you don't know if you have time to... Oh, I know. I hear what you're saying. I mean, a lot of times you've heard me say in the past when people call in with uh, younger children, you know, I'm normally positive about it, even though it's really formative years is because you have time to establish some consistency in the family court and still have time with the kids. I mean, if you're in your situation where the youngest is 11, I don't remember how old the older ones are, but I mean, you know, I, I can't remember, but I mean, you probably only have a couple of years left. Yeah, you're right. By the time you get this adjudicated in court and do something, they're going to probably be 18 or are almost 18 anyways. So it almost makes it um, pointless. 11 year old, I mean, 11, you right. still have a lot of time though. Yeah, so the 11 year old would do when we are, you know, trying to keep that relationship. Yeah. Um, but with the... And one part for the parents, though, um, it really does feel like rewarding bad behavior. Oh, yeah. Um, It is. They they act out against you. They disrespect you. They don't want to talk to you. They don't want to see you. They completely played the, you know, the mom's game or whoever the parent's game is. And then you, you put all your effort into taking them to do something they enjoy so they can give you, you know, a little bit of chance to be close to them, to have, to even come to court and say, listen, I tried. I took him here. I took him there. Yeah. You know, I tried. It's, it's such an unfair game that for the parents in our situations, yeah. I feel like we are just as abused as they are. And you are. The reality is what I would recommend on that. I mean, it sounds like you're not really getting to spend much time with them. 
but stop focusing on anything that costs a lot of money and just do time. You know, if that's a road trip, well, even a road trip in the car, I mean, they're probably everyone will have their headphones on, but, uh, you know, just, just try to do as much time as you can. That's why I was saying if he could, uh, if your husband could just, just go even spend an hour with them or go, I don't know how close you guys are. I don't remember, but I mean, if you could go like have lunch with them at school or, or something like that, or <clears throat> pick them up afterwards, that type of thing, just to have that type of connection. And it doesn't take a lot to have a, to, to maintain a connection with, with a child. I mean, you're not going to have, you know, a, a complete turnaround. It's going to take time for that, but that would be my recommendation. And probably, and the reason I keep saying him is I would imagine right now you are probably being triangulated and scapegoated um, in the relationship. And he probably should just focus on it with one-on-one. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. That's the, that's the goal really. Like I'm not fighting for anything because any way yeah. we put it, I look bad. Right, like oh, I'm yeah. either the oh I'm yeah, yeah, it's double bind. No matter what you do, it's going to be wrong. Even if you do yeah. the right thing, it's going to be wrong. <laughs> Debbie's exactly. Debbie's experienced that in my situation. It's like no matter what you do, it's the wrong thing, you know. And even if it, even if it's a good time, once they go to the other house and they come back, the um, miraculously that good time turns into a negative time. So I have one more caller I need to get to. So uh, thank you go for ahead. calling. All right, I'm going to grab this other one here in a moment. Let me just see if I missed any questions. Um, let me go ahead and hit this next phone call, uh, and then I'll get the other question. And all right. Hello, and welcome to the show. Whoa, that is really loud. How's it going, Oh, man, hey. It's really loud. I don't know if I. Oh, hey. Uh, okay, let me turn off my turn off my Bluetooth. Hold on. Okay. Uh, All right, standing by. Better. Yeah. Hey, man, what's going on? Not much. It's been a while. It's uh, born a nemesis. How are you doing? From it has been a while. Are you? Uh, are you? Yeah, I see that. Do you? Are things going better? Oh God, no. They oh crap. New levels of weird. Uh. So my. Uh, um, Oh, Borna, I will call her for borderline narcissist. Uh, <laughs> Borna, uh, <sighs> like backstory, made false allegations that I was molesting my my four and two year old. Right. Uh, and we were now six and six and four, and I uh, didn't get to see him for three months. DCF thinks that they're, the mother is using the children as pawns to gain the upper hand in the divorce. Like they wrote that in the report. And, uh, anyway, she started dating, uh, multiple convicted felons, uh, that she's allowed to move into the house with the kids. I thought that guy was supposed I to move to Bora Bora or something. Wasn't he supposed to leave? Yeah. 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 He, he did, uh, for a couple months and then he came back. Of course. Uh, okay. My wife, my, 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 my wife tried to, uh, take the kids down right? there to visit him. Uh, no, we're it, it's going to be probably summer 2022. Oh wow! Okay, over, I forgot it's about It's been that. over three years. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been over three years uh, since wow. she filed, and 
So anyway, uh, he ended up moving back, uh, back in with them. Uh, I only found that out when she brought him to the, uh, the first grade, uh, welcome picnic at, at the school. And, uh, wow. That was weird. Uh, yeah, we bet. signed my son up for his first, uh, football team ever. And I was reaching out to the coach who is the father of one of uh, his classmates. Uh, and previously the coach was getting back to me within minutes. Uh, and then after I saw my wife talking to the coach's wife at the like combine before the season, uh, I asked him about volunteering as an assistant coach or holding the chains or whatever. And he didn't get back to me for two weeks. I show up to practice and the convicted, multiple convicted violent felon uh, is the assistant coach. And I, at the first game, I asked him how he got the position. And uh, all he said is, and I was, previously giving him the benefit of the doubt that he was a nice guy and reformed. Yeah. And uh, he said, I got this because I know people. And here's, here's the deal. You are never going to put the kids in Borna's car ever again. Your obligations end at the sidewalk. Uh, I'm like, well, how about we do the custody exchange at the babysitters? Because then we won't have to deal with that. Because yeah, it was super weird last custody of James, I was about to put my son in Borna's car like I normally do uh, while she put uh, our daughter in the, the car and the boyfriend steps between me and the open door and says, we don't want you in the car anymore. I'll put him in the car. And I was like, uh, I don't mind. No, we don't want you in the car anymore. Yeah, and I, I, as soon as they left, I, I, I just handed them over. And as soon as they left, I sent a text saying, hey, just send me a text letting me know about any changes. Don't say in front of the kids. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this guy proceeded to tell me, uh, this is how it's going to be done. We're going to do custody exchange in front of your house. And uh, you will not set foot around my, my girlfriend's house. Uh, you won't. won't come onto her property. So like, so you're telling me that it's only going to be at my house, but not the babysitters because the babysitters would solve all the problems. He's like, no, it's not going to be at the babysitters. Well, it's because that's what you want. <laughs> like right. And, and, and part of it's going yeah, to be just to, I did say, I did say, <clears throat> look, man, uh, I'm happy to sign the release to allow you to talk to DCF to find out what they really think about the, alleg- the false allegations. And he said, no, she doesn't want me talking to DCF, so I'm going to respect her on that. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So this is a flying monkey. This is like my first official flying monkey. <laughs> yeah. Well, White Knight, too. And I know I know he's told the coach. I'm quite certain he's told the coach about the false allegations. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, man, I mean, you know, you're right. It should have went down differently. But, I mean, if it's like, I mean – you know, double check with your attorney, obviously, to, to, to make sure. But it's like, fine, you know, whatever. I'll walk the kids out and they can get into the car themselves. You know, I mean, I mean to be honest, in my situation, I, my ex was, stick, was clicking the kids in when, and like the first few months before she was ordered not to do this. Um, she would 
basically click every kid into the car, all three kids into the truck on the way to school, get them all riled up, you know, be like, oh, it's okay, it's okay, it'll only be a few hours. You know, you'll probably see me if the world doesn't end. You know, so I had to listen to him cry for 20 minutes. But I mean, the reality is, is like, you know, okay, fine. I mean, I know what you're doing. You're trying to trying to demonstrate that, that you know, this isn't a complete Charlie Foxtrot to the kids, trying to turn the corner. Um, but you and I both know that with a person um, who has those tendencies, it's not going to change. It's going to continue to be like this. And you're going to have to work around it. The big thing is, is how is your relationship with your kids right now? It's great. Uh, it's, That's all it's that matters, awful man. the first day of custody, but after that, it's great. See, and that's what you got to focus on, and and just if they're yeah. if they're going to be like it's just sucks. No, I know living what you're in saying. a community yeah. where everybody <clears throat> that my wife knows thinks I'm all these awful things. She says I am. But but here's the thing. Uh, and, and well, when she when she backed up with she letters that she had her friend the pediatrician write implicating me in her false allegations. Right. And I, I, I'm, I'm hobbled because DCF legal, the head, the attorney general of DCF told me I am prohibited by law to show the DCF report that says they think she's using my kids as bonds to anyone. Yeah. So I'm just the crazy guy that probably molested well, kids. But, but the reality, I mean, See, I know you can't, you got to be careful what you say to people, but the reality is, is you have 50-50 custody. You know, you've been run through the ringer and there's no restraining order preventing you from going to the games. There's none of this stuff going on. Now, the problem is, is they're going to work to try to make you feel like complete garbage to where you feel like a leper if you're there, right? And I know, and I, I, I would imagine as, you, as you're there, you're looking at all the other parents and anytime someone looks at you, you're probably thinking that they're thinking, you know, that they've been told something and they're thinking that, and it might not even be that, but the paranoia is going to be there because I can tell, I can generally tell by the looks on their faces. If it's a neutral look, I'm like, okay, they haven't heard. Oh, this person definitely heard. (laughs) Yeah. Those false allegations are so effing insidious because, you know, I mean, the reality is I think for everyone listening to this and I mean, and even you, I mean, if someone told you, hey, I heard that Billy, you know, did all this stuff and they just didn't have a big enough case, are you going to go hang around the person? Probably. I mean, if you're already friends with them, that's a different story. But if somebody, I mean, I'm, I mean, just to be honest, if someone told me, oh, hey, your new neighbor has this history, you know, they've never been convicted, if they've never been charged, but whatever, am I, am I going to let them babysit my kid? No. Right. I mean, it's it's and it's messed up because you have somebody who can sit here and make these false allegations, tarnish your reputation, limit the ability for you to interact with other people because of it. And it's it's hard. I mean, I know we've been I mean, you and I have been working together for quite a while and you've been I mean, you've done an outstanding job, man. I mean, I know I know I know everybody listening today doesn't know all, you know, haven't heard all the previous calls and all the other stuff. But I mean, you've been run through the ringer. And you're doing an outstanding job. And what you just, what I asked you a minute ago with how your relationship with your kids and you said it's strong, that right there is how you're winning. It sucks that you're going to have, you know, maybe 20% of the town or 20% of the, of the people that you, you guys co-mingle with, maybe more, think that you are something you're not. I mean, that's really frustrating. I mean, I, man, I, I, I get it. But it's, unfortunately, it's the reality you're living with. 
Yeah. And and I, I guess the, the main reason I'm calling is because uh, my wife made uh, an appointment with the child therapist. Uh, and I said, well, we've already agreed to alternate, so we get equal time. And she said, no, this is a, just for me and the kids. This is an extra appointment. And uh, it was yesterday, uh, after her boyfriend told me how things were going to be, uh, she turned off the GPS watch that she gave my son. Uh, so he could call her uh, in, in his words. Uh, oh, I got this watch because mommy said if I'm ever scared. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that. Yeah. Your house. Even if it's in the middle of the night, she'll, she'll, she'll come and talk to you. And uh, the watch has been off. She hasn't responded to any messages. Uh, so I, 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 I think on Monday, I, I'm going to find out she took it to a whole new level. Uh, and I'm off antidepressants now. And well, the good only for you. thing that got me off it is I was able to recognize the signs of her escalation. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't understand why, but I understand what's about to happen. Yeah. And I know I can't constrain my imagination. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I think what you're saying is, is that some new allegation is going to come up is probably what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing yeah. is, is you've been through this yeah. before. You have all the, the, uh, the law enforcement and the public, I mean, the CPS workers all understand what's going on. So, you know, but I mean, I'm sorry you're going. I'm, I'm sorry you're going through it, and I'm sorry your kids are going through it. But stay strong, man. I mean, the fact that yeah, I know. I mean, you're dealing with somebody who's very tenacious, and they have not been able to ruin your relationship with your kids, and that says a lot. That says a lot about you. That says a lot about your relationship with your children. Because if you didn't have that, or if you had fallen and taken the bait, or you had some uh, issues that she'd really been able to monopolize or uh, leverage off of, your relationship would have been destroyed. So the fact that you have that hasn't happened means you're you're on the right path. I mean the fact I mean that is a good indicator. The fact that law enforcement when they looked at it said this is BS is a good indicator. The fact that CPS the multiple times that they've been involved have finally said that this is all BS. You know, that's a testament to the quality or you know the the quality of your character, right? I'll say it that way if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, me and the kids have started writing songs and uh, recording. Outstanding. Uh, <laughs> Good for you, man. So, and, and and it's it's not just kids songs. It's it's like like hard rock. Nice. Well, I look forward to maybe one of these days I can hear that. So, all right. Hey, thanks for calling, man. I appreciate oh, yeah. it. And stay stay strong. You're doing a good job in, doing in, in the light of all this, man. Okay, guys. The takeaway from this is you have to be, you have to have the perseverance with what you're doing. You have to not take the bait. You have a person that was just called who's been run through the ringer, had false allegations being thrown around. They're probably still being thrown around and they haven't lost. The thing is, is that if you're you're in that situation and you start making mistakes, and the court starts going, well, maybe, you know, maybe we should give custody to the other person or maybe we should do this or that. It's, uh, you know, you have to focus on the long game, focus on the war, make sure you minimize your damages and your mistakes and the battles 
so that ultimately you can prevail through all of this. Okay, so moderator Debbie had tracked a question. <sighs> Hold on a second. <clears throat> oh, I still see I had a had a search thing on here. So Paul. All right, so Paul says, Dwayne, I have yelled at my 19-year-old three times. He keeps repeating that. I'm assuming you're saying you yelled at your 19-year-old three times when they were younger. So, because I never hit him as his mother did and yelled. How do I address this? Well, I'm going to just say, I'm going to make the uh, assumption, and Paul, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to make the assumption that th this is old behavior that your son, your 19-year-old adult child is, is uh, throwing out there. What I would say on this, <clears throat> okay, I'm going to do this off the cuff. So just follow me. Hopefully, and this makes sense. This is what I would say. If I was in your situation and my kid, my 19-year-old was saying, Dad, you know, you hit me three times. And I'm just, again, I'm doing this off the cuff. So I would say, all right, man, you know what? You're right. And I wish I wouldn't have done that. You know, 19, you know, it's 15, 16 years ago, corporal punishment was something that we looked at, you know, something that seemed like it was normal. Now with age and maturity, I wouldn't do that. I apologize. I wish I wouldn't have done that. But how can we move forward with it? You know, I'm sorry it made you feel that way. I mean, how did it, you know, it, it let them, let your son speak his frustration and let him say it and acknowledge it. Be careful of defending it. Don't turn around and say, hey, man, you know, well, wait a minute. You're saying you never hit him. I yelled at my son three times. Okay. Oh, yelled. I have yelled at my 19-year-old th three times. He keeps repeating that. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean the So I got confused on that. So let me back up. What I mean is whatever he's saying, if he's saying you yelled at him three times, Say, okay, what were those situations? I'm sorry, you know, I, you know, whatever. However, you, I, I, bottom line is acknowledge that he has a hurt feeling because of it. Do not say, well, buddy, I, yeah, I yelled at you, but your mom yelled at you and spanked you or and slapped you on the face or whatever. Don't do that. Because in your, in, in, in your kid's mind, you're making excuses for your behavior. So focus on, what, when, when, and, I, and, and to everyone listen on this, this is in my older videos when I would talk about how when in these scenarios, you basically are going to get poked in the eye and you have to sit there and bite your tongue and let your kids speak it. Because here's the reality. This 19-year-old kid, and it could be 18, 15, 16, it could be roll the clock back, has been manipulated to focus on that situation. They're also ready for you to shift blame and blame someone else or try to explain it. What I would do, okay, so let me back up. What I would do in this situation, hey, buddy, what's going on? Dad, I'm really angry. You yelled at me three times. You know, throughout my life, you really, you, you know, you did these, these incidences that really negatively affected me. Oh, my gosh. Um, what do you, you know, what, what, what times were you talking about? Well, there was this time that you did blah, 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 blah. And that time you did da, 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 da. And that time you did da, 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 da. And go, you know, oh man, you know, that's, um, I was not trying to do that. I mean, ho hopefully in this situation, you can acknowledge and say, yeah, I did yell at you. Um, my goal was not to, to, to hurt you and have it 
carry with you for seven or eight years. Um, I'm really sorry about that. You know, what can we do? You know, what can I do to fix it? What can I do to acknowledge it? And you got to be a little careful because what I'm just saying could be sound a little codependent. But, but bottom line, what you're trying to accomplish is letting your child know that you hear them, that you're hearing what they're saying, you're understanding the impact of it, you're, you're holding back your own frustration in, in, with the context because I guarantee you in the context of what the kid is telling you, you know more of what's going on and why what happened and you know the extenuating circumstances. Do not throw that out there because right now at this stage of the game, what you're trying to do is you're trying to build rapport with your child, even though this is a 19-year-old kid, and demonstrate that you'll listen to them, that you hear them and move forward. Now, here's the thing. You do that the first few times, and if it keeps going around, then, then you can ramp it up and say, look, you know what? We need to build a boundary around this. Yes, we've talked about this. I acknowledge it. You know, we need to work through this and move past this because I'm your dad. I love you. You know, I want the best for you, and I don't want you to have this experience, this PTSD experience that you're going to carry on with the rest of your life. You know, maybe the alternate solution on that is you guys go to a therapy session together or, or whatever. But anyways, that's how you have to approach those things. You have to be really careful because oftentimes when you're, when you're, when you're stuck in a situation like this, what happens is, hold on, what happens is, is the, the, um, the kid's trying to pick a fight with you and trying to get you to, to prove their point or prove what they've been told. Well, dad won't listen to me. All he ever does is make excuses. Every time I try to sit down and explain to him what's going on, all he does is, you know, he brings up the past, even though he's bringing up the past and, you know, he won't listen to me. It's always about him. It's always about mom. It's always about, right? I mean, so that's the, that's the trap you have to prevent yourself from getting into. This is what I had to do even with my own kids is whenever they would come in and poke me in the eye, you know, boop. I would have to say, okay, you know, well, tell me about what, like I just said, I would go through that type of scenario. And then after a few times of having conversations like that, then you could start introducing, yes, that did happen in the past, but am I doing that now? I'm really trying hard to be, be a better dad. I'm really trying hard to be a better parent. Is there something, I mean, am I failing? Right. Then you throw it back on them. And it's, it's a long process. Right. So like the first thing I was talking about was like conversation. Number one, what I was talking about right there is like conversation, you know, five or six. And then you start turning it around saying, OK, you know, all right. How do you think we should go forward? This is what I'm trying to do. Am I doing that anymore? And most of the time what will happen is they'll be like, oh, yeah, no, you're not. OK, cool. You know, or if they go, well, there was this time that, you know, a few weeks ago that you did whatever. And then you, I mean, and it, and it depends on the, the specifics, right? If something did happen and you raise your voice, you could say, yeah, you know what? I did do that. And I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm really trying to be better. I mean, I, I don't, you know, and if I, and I've told my kids like, Hey, if I start doing something, stop me. Now I'll tell you in the beginning, them trying to stop me wouldn't have worked because I just, I mean, I was primed to the PO'd position, so to speak. But it's, a, it's an iterative process that takes a long time. So, Paul, hopefully that was helpful. Uh, 
trying to scroll down to the bottom. Let me see if, if moderator Debbie has, I don't see any other questions that have been, uh, man, I'm starting to get tired. Uh, annotated. Let me see. Uh, let me just look. So I'm looking at some of the comments that were highlighted. I think that's, I think that'll do it. I'll double check. If there's any other last minute questions, just make sure you, oh, wow, there's a lot of comments I missed. I apologize about that. Let me just go down to the bottom. Oh, man. Oof. All right, I am, I think I'm going to wrap it up. Oh, Adam has a question. Uh, okay, so that's the previous one. Or was it? Uh, let me see if Adam had another thing. It's on the screen, but I'm just double checking. So I'll scroll back down the bottom. All right, let me just recycle this. Okay, it says, how do we avoid continued negative setups and dropping by a narco? I'm living in a hostel now because I got framed by her. Okay, so I'm trying to interpret what exactly you're talking about. Actually, let me do a search for you, Adam, and see if I can find other things. Okay, so there's no other comments. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, I'm living in a hospital because I got framed by her. See, now I don't understand what that means. Does that mean legally you've been arrested? Does it just mean you've been kicked out of the house? Uh, the reality is this, when you're dealing with somebody that is trying to set you up, you have to take steps to protect yourself. If you're in a state where you can record, absolutely record. I mean, hell, if that means putting a GoPro uh, on you, do that. If that means that every exchange you have to have it in front of somebody, uh, you have to have somebody with you as a witness, do that. If that means that exchanges and interactions have to be in front of a police station, that's what you have to do. So the thing is, is when you, when you finally recognize that somebody is willing to do anything and everything to crush you, you have to ensure that you don't put yourself in that situation again. Okay, so I see where you say uh, legally and that you were arrested. And, and unfortunately, that happens a lot, right? That's the silver bullet. So what I would say is just because you were entrapped, so to speak, or you took the bait and you did something that warrant, you know, that, that resulted in you getting arrested doesn't necessarily, I mean, it's not great. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's not a great situation, but it's not the end of the world. A lot of times people will do this to get you out of the house and to get full custody. Now, unfortunately, since you were arrested, unless the charges were dropped, you have to fight those charges. And what you also have to absolutely do is if there is a restraining order, temporary or otherwise, follow it to a T. If it says you cannot connect, con if it says you cannot contact the person, do not do it. If it says you can't be in a certain, you know, space, don't, don't do that. <sighs> so now if you're in that situation, then you have to work through the process to get it dismissed. The problem is, is now the, the ante has been upped I don't know if that's the right analogy, but I mean, the stakes are higher and you have to be more careful on what you're doing and your way forward. I'll tell you, Adam, there's a lot of people I've dealt with over the five years of running this channel that have been in your situation. It seemed catastrophic and they were able to get to the other side of it. Some of them even finally got 50-50 custody uh, 
of their kids. So this isn't, you know, it's not a great scenario, but it's not the end of the world. And, and the reason why th that is, is this crap happens so often that the family court system is now starting to see it. And a lot of times they don't believe it. Now you have to make sure, I mean, I don't know what the details were of your arrest. Obviously work through your, uh, I mean, you, you probably have a family court attorney, law attorney and a criminal court attorney now, or maybe a public defender. And, you know, more than likely what you're going to have to focus on now is dealing with the arrest, which is probably domestic violence because that's typically what it is, and get that taken care of. Now, also understand that what your ex will try to do in this particular scenario is try to force through the family court stuff because if they can get a decision made while you have this criminal charge pending, then they're going to err on the side of caution and probably adjust custody appropriately. So you're probably going to want to slow roll the, the custody hearing until the criminal thing is resolved. If, does that make sense? And that's how you, um, that would be my advice on how to deal with that. The last thing I'll just say is double check. Here, let me pull this up. Uh, listen to my video, Hybrid No Contact. So do not take any bait when the ex is telling you that you're a piece of crap. If, now, if there's a restraining order and there's no communication, don't talk to her. Don't try to talk to her to get to the kids. Read whatever that restraining order is, even if it's temporary, and follow it to a T. Because otherwise, you'll get arrested for violating that restraining order, and then your situation is going to be more complicated. So, <clears throat> excuse me. All right. All right, it says, great advice. Yeah, I have, to, I have to hire a lawyer. Okay, thanks for this. I record recorded things. Great, okay. And a lot of times if you recorded stuff, it'll help uh, tell the truth. So um, now the caveat on that, just to get back to it, make sure that your, your state allows this. Do not record people if you're in a two-party state or somehow it says it's illegal because you don't want to get in a situation where you have... Uh, uh, I'll com you know, committed another crime, so to speak, by illegal wiretapping or recording. Okay, on that, because I am running out of energy. Um, so I'll hit, there's a question, but I think I'll hit that uh, on a separate video because, because although I feel better than I did a week ago, I'm still a little weak. <laughs> So on that, guys, uh, you know what? Before I do, let's see. I don't know how to pull this up because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure if I hit this button. Oh, crap, it worked. All right, let me try that again. I, I tried that the other day and it didn't work. So on that, thank you guys for hanging out with me on this Saturday. I hope you're doing outstanding. And I definitely want to say thank you to all the channel members who have clicked the button and decided to support the channel and keep the lights on. Thank you so much for that. It's like every little bit helps. It all adds up and it helps pay for the, the services and stuff. Glad the phone line worked. I appreciate all the people who are willing to call in today and share their stories and uh, keep sign up for the text notifications so you can see when I do my next thing. And uh, I will catch you guys on the next one. <laughs>